What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Riding the Pine. Jack Ridenour back with you all today, and as always, we've got another amazing episode in store for everyone at home. But before I get into all of that, let's take a little dive into the last episode. I was joined by a tremendous guest from the Red Flash men's basketball team at St. Francis University, current head coach of the St. Francis men's basketball team, Coach Rob Krimmel. Coach Krimmel and I get into how this season has been for the Red Flash and how he feels that the non-conference schedule of play for the Red Flash has helped them out early on in conference play, what he thinks needs to be a key factor down the stretch for them having a very strong season, and so much more. So if you want to hear from Coach Krimmel and a little bit about St. Francis men's basketball, go check out episode 279 and all 279 episodes that are out now on all podcast platforms. Now, getting into today, we're going to be joined by another member who is also a former Red Flash men's basketball player, but is now playing overseas professionally. Current overseas pro basketball player playing in Belgium, Keith Braxton. Keith and I get into his career and we discuss what led him to wanting to continue his career at St. Francis and what it was like being named the NEC Player of the Year as a junior, his decision to enter his name into the NBA draft, and what it was like going through the draft process, what it was like getting adjusted to the pro style of basketball, and what it was like getting adjusted to playing overseas and so much more. So if you want to hear about Keith's journey in basketball and what it's been like for him playing overseas, don't go anywhere because here comes Keith Braxton. So with that, folks, let's make our way into our show for today. So as always, be sure to find your favorite seat here on the bench with me. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And I'm here with current overseas pro basketball player in Belgium, Keith Braxton. Keith, great to get you on the show today, my friend. How's it going? Everything's going well. Thank you for having me on here. You know, it's excited to talk hoops and, you know, St. Francis today. Absolutely, my friend. Well, yes, definitely excited to talk a little bit about your career and your time at St. Francis and your time overseas right now. And that's where I want to start right now is just how the season has been for you and your team and just what are some things that have jumped out to you so far this season? Yeah, you know, this season has gone pretty well so far. Um, you know, our team's trying to make the top five for the push um, to make the BMX merge. So it's going well, though. Um, it's a little more physical, uh, you know, a little more IQ that you had to get used to, more system and stuff. But, you know, me just being a quick learner, you know, I was able, you know, talk to some of the veterans and stuff like that to help me out. So you now I'm enjoying my stay here so far. Um, you know, Belgium's around, I think, borders like four countries. So it's around France, Netherlands, Germany. I think Switzerland's around there at the bottom. So it's kind of cool to also, you know, travel a little bit while I'm out here, you know, playing the game that I love. Yeah. What's the traveling part like? I mean, that's got to be super cool. I mean, have you been to any countries lately? Any other countries? Yeah. So for preseason, we were able to go to Germany. We played against two teams in Germany. We went to Oldenburg and Hamburg. Um, And then we also went to Luxembourg for a little bit. Um, I think it's the smallest country in the world. So it was cool to go out there, you know, just be able to explore a little bit. We also went to France. Uh, we played in Saint-Quentin, I believe. So it's kind of cool, you know, just to travel and play basketball at the same time and, you know, just exploring the world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, I think a lot of people would say you're living the life right now, playing the game you love, getting paid to do it, and traveling the world all in, all in one. So definitely very, very cool. But Keith, I want to get into your career and just kind of walk our way to where you're at today. You started your career at St. Francis, and for everyone at home that's been paying attention, a lot of Red Flash members have been on the show lately. We're we're really happy to have all the coverage with St. Francis, but I want to hear from you just what led you to St. Francis? I mean, why did you want to continue your career there? Um, you know, me just coming out of high school, I was under recruited. Um, 
you know, I was struggling to find offers, but I knew that I wanted to go division one. So I ended up going to a tournament down in Pittsburgh. Um, we tell the story all the time. You know, I ended up playing like bad my first game and uh, Luke McConnell, he was out there uh, scouting at the time. And, you know, he still just said, you know, even when they're losing, you know, the way that he carries himself, the way that he's still leading his team. So then they ended up watching my next game and I ended up playing much better. And, um, you know, St. Francis ended up offering me and, you know, it's one of the best decisions that I could have made, you know, a group of people and players and stuff that believed in me and, you know, took a chance on me. And, you know, it was a great four years that I was able to experience on the mountain. Well, I know that right before you went to Loretto, you spent a year at a post-grad school in, in Lawrenceville uh, after spending some time at Delsey Regional High School. What was how important was that year of post grad basketball for you and just in your development, not in the short term necessarily, but also just in the long term? I mean, how much has that benefited you? Benefited you even today? Yeah, uh, it was very beneficial for me. Um, you know, Lawrenceville, I believe, is you know, one of the most expensive prep schools in the nation, and you know, so you got a lot of kids there, a lot of different groups of people there. But you know, there I was just really you know able to focus on my craft. Um, you know, I graduated high school, so I already had my diploma. So, you know, I just began a second one at that point. So, you know, while I was there, I really just, you know, dived down and focused on my craft. And, you know, they had a great lifting program there. So I was able to, you know, get a little bit stronger, added more muscle to my frame. And, um, and then I ended up playing on the basketball team there as well. So I was able, you know, be around a bunch of group of guys, you know, see different perspectives and just keep increasing my skills at that same time. So, and then also, you know, it's kind of like a freshman year in college. I'm away from home. Um, you know, I have my own room. I'm in kind of like a dorm. So, it was cool, you know, just to get that pre-college experience, you know, before I actually got there. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point you bring up. I don't think people really realize just, you know, that that extra year, if you will, kind of gives you that time to adjust a little bit to what you're going to have and, and be exposed to in college for four years. You know, living away from home, being on your own, being independent. But you made a really smooth transition to St. Francis your first year, named NEC Rookie of the Year that season. What what was it in your game that you feel kind of allowed you to separate yourself from, you know, other players in the conference and in particular other freshmen? Um, you know, just being myself, um, you know, just playing my game that I've always played my whole life. Um, but, you know, for me, my biggest thing was you know, I just do whatever it takes to help the team win. So, you know, in high school, you know, I was a great rebounder, great passer, great scorer. So I tried to just do the same thing at St. Francis. And, you know, me being um, 6'3 and still being able to grab a bunch of rebounds, that's kind of something that, you know, stuck out for me a lot uh, above other players. But, you know, I can also pass. I can also defend, score. So, just playing my game and you know, I just wanted to come in with a chip on my shoulder. You know, I was overlooked by a lot of D1 schools and you know, I just wanted to prove that I could play at that level. And, you know, I was just glad St. Francis gave me the opportunity to showcase that. Well, I know that this year there's also a very good freshman at St. Francis playing right now in Landon Moore. And he actually was recently named NEC Rookie of the Week. You were named NEC Rookie of the Week seven times. He just named he was just named this for the seventh time Rookie of the Week in the NEC. Also, have you communicated with him at all? And if so, what kind of advice have you shared with him? Being you know a young point guard, kind of coming up through the ranks in St. Francis, and you know I think a lot of people seeing him as kind of the future Red Flash basketball. Yeah, you know, I've had a little bit of communication with him, um, not too much. You know, I think we know each other. Uh, we know we haven't really sat down or you know met in person or anything like that, but. You know, it's good just to see, you know, another person in St. Francis, you know, thriving and being able to succeed in that system. Um, you know, the coaching staff there, they're great at developing guards and all their players, really. Like you see, Cohen's, you know, top scorer in the nation now, the way they just developed him and stuff. But, you know, just to see another player to come in, you know, do great things like that. 
um, it's just great to see. You know, I want him to get you know, 10 NEC Rookie of the Weeks. So, like, I just want to, you know, keep seeing whoever goes there just to be able to thrive and, you know, just to have a great successful career while they're there. I'm glad you bring up Josh Cohen because the the amount of improvement that he has seen is just a tremendous tremendous level really and I know that you were part of of the team where he was just a, just a freshman really so again mm-hmm. younger very different Josh Cohen at that time what is it kind of you know what is it like to see kind of his evolution and just how he's been able to develop into the player that he is today just especially from where you saw him where he first started yeah, you know, it's just mind-boggling, you know, just to see, you know, the player that I saw, you know, coming when he was first coming up to the player that he is now. But, you know, at the same time, it's just, you know, so great to see, just to see somebody, you know, who focuses on their craft, who works hard and is able, you know, to reap the fruits of their labor. So just seeing Cohen just come in and do what he's doing this year is great. You know, like I was saying, I was talking to him as well. You know, they got a great group of guys over there. You know, they could do something special this year, so... I just told him to stay focused, you know, keep doing what he's doing. And, you know, it's just great to see that, just seeing him just level up each year. You know, like you said, he was NEC uh, most improved the year before. You know, wasn't satisfied with that, just kept taking another level. So I'm just excited to keep watching him and see how he's going to finish this year out. Yeah, and I think that it's it's really cool to also just see, like yourself, an alum, a former player, and you get to see, you know, your former teammates and doing really good things. And I'm sure it gives you a really good feeling of, hey, you know what? I left this program in a really good spot and they're going to be in good hands, you know, once I'm gone and, and you can kind of look back at that with fond memories, but I'm sure one fond memory for you is being named NEC player of the year as a junior want to hear just what that was like being named such a, a prestigious award. And also how did you find out about it? I mean, is anything kind of interesting or, or specific as to how it was revealed to you? Yeah. Um, you know, just being you know player of the year, I think it's more of a team award as opposed to, you know, an individual award as much, you know, me, you know, I don't get the assists if, you know, my teammates aren't making the shots. Um, you know, I don't get the rebounds if everybody's boxing out and getting stopped. You know, I'm not scoring if, you know, teammates don't trust to me, you know, make the plays and stuff like that. So it just shows, you know, the pe- group of people that I had around me, you know, that believed in me, um, that wanted me to succeed both on and off the court. And, um, yeah, it just showed us that, like, you know, people can succeed here at St. Francis, that we can have player of the years, you know, we can have great seasons and stuff like that. So, just to show that, you know, we could do that. And as a group, we were able to accomplish things like that. You know, it just makes me feel good deep down. But, um, yeah, I think I was in class at the time. Uh, me and Randall Gaskins and Jamal, I believe we were in the same class. And, you know, we were just waiting on Twitter, you know, waiting to see the awards and stuff like that. You know, we that finally popped up. You know, they were the first ones to congratulate me, you know, on the award and stuff like that. So it was just good, you know see your hard work pay off and stuff like that, all the hours in the gym and just to see the people believe in you. So that was definitely a good memory for me. Was there any, you know, maybe specific memory or specific time of you working in the gym or whatever it might've been that, that you went back to and you thought of when you were named the player of the year? Yeah. So, you know, my freshman year, um, a lot of guys love to play one-on-one. You know, we were competitive. Uh, we had a competitive culture in there. So I just remember, um, you know, one time we were just in there till 12 in the morning, one in the morning, just playing one-on-one. It was like, it's a bunch of six group, a uh, group of like six people. You know, we would just play kick it on the hill, check the rock and just keep going after each other and uh, keep pushing each other to get better. So that's definitely one of the memories that stuck with me, you know, just that culture that we were able to create of just competitiveness and, you know, we're going to get better each and every single day. And, you know, that definitely was you know, one of the springboards and helping me get that award. Well, I know that after that season, you you declare for the NBA draft. You don't get an, an, an agent and, you know, again, kind of go through that process and whatnot. 
what was that like for you just kind of going through that, you know, day-to-day routine of getting ready for the draft and being get, and, and getting really prepared for the pro level of basketball? Yeah. So, you know, everybody's dream as a player, you know, is always, you know, get to the NBA and, you know, me having the season that I had and the success that I had, you know, I thought I'd just test it, you know, see where my abilities were and um, see what kind of feedback I could get. It was actually, it was really fun. Like I was able to go to Vegas and train at um, Impact where like a lot of, you know, pro players and prospects go. So I was able to play against high level players that year. And I was also able to get a workout with the Sixers. I was able to fly back home for a couple of days, you know, work out with them. So it was cool just to see the feedback that I was able to get, what I needed to work on in my game, um, what I needed to do to get better. So that's something I really took it seriously, you know, just working on my weaknesses and trying to help them become my strengths. And just to see like what you have to do to be a pro, like each and every day you have to take your craft seriously. Like it's your job now. So just, you know, be down there with a bunch of other pros and seeing how they're handling it and seeing how they're going about their business. That really helped me, um, you know, prepare for when I was getting ready to go for my pro career. Well, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because I was going to kind of correlate, you know, you, you take the post-grad year and get ready for college and it clearly helps you out. You kind of take this process of going through the NBA draft and eventually go back to St. Francis for your senior year. So again, kind of getting a taste a little bit of the pro life. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you feel that, you know, with, with being able to have that kind of preparation, if you will, of the NBA draft and, and going through that process, do you feel that you, you know, maybe would be as successful as you are today professionally if it wasn't for that process and for going through that for that span of time? Um, I don't believe so. You know, it's a really small opportunity, you know, to be able to get into a gym with a bunch of prospects like that, you know, to be able to work out with NBA coaches and stuff like that. So um, it's tough and it's tough to be able to get in that situation. So just me, you know, declaring for the draft and, you know, taking advantage of that situation. You know, I think it reaped a lot of benefits for me. I was able to see where I was, uh, engage myself on what I needed to work on and, I just I just used for my senior year. I just stayed focused and I just kept working on my weaknesses. And I definitely think that helped me a lot, though. So you go overseas after St. Francis, start your professional career. And in the midst of all of that, obviously, is COVID. And mm-hmm. I just have to hear what that is like for, you know, somebody that is, again, you know, graduating college, about to embark on their professional career. And you've got this pandemic that just gets thrown on top of everything what was that time of, of, you know, your career and really your life like for you? And specifically, what was it like just trying to find a place to play after college? Yeah, um, it was really tough for me um, after COVID because uh, they sent us home from college, I believe, um, for that last semester. It's like spring break or like the spring semester. Like I didn't even get to you know, hang out with my people at school and, you know, say my proper goodbyes and stuff because they just sent us home from COVID after that. But, you know, after that season, I was just looking to um, go to the G League, you know, enter that G League draft and try to be able to springboard into there. But they ended up postponing the G League draft as well. And then when they ended up bringing it back, they only did one round instead of three rounds. So that kind of hurt me in the long run as well towards the G League. Um, And then usually they have um, Portsmouth, which is like all the seniors that get invited. They come and do like a showcase to work out. That ended up getting canceled for that year as well. Um, 3v3, I know they do that with the seniors. Uh, a lot of people come together and they play. That got canceled as well. So it was kind of hard, you know, to showcase myself and, you know, get that um, film and stuff that I needed to show to these coaches, show to these pro uh, organizations. So that really took a big hit for me, you know, just trying to get my name out there. Um, 
But, you know, I just stuck with it. Um, I ended up having to miss a year, you know, because like I said, the G League got pushed back and that was what I was really pushing on at first. You know, that's when I really started to shift like, okay, I could probably still play overseas, you know, try to take that route. So I just shifted my focus, stayed in the gym, you know, during that whole time. You know, eventually I was able to start my career and you know, I'm just still pushing towards it. Well, I know that you spent some time playing on a TBT team that was that was mostly Wofford players. So I know that you were not with with your fellow Red Flash guys, but you were with a lot of Wofford guys and obviously a lot of you know public exposure being on a TBT team like that, especially coming out of COVID and whatnot. How important was that for you know your career on the court and just being able to get that exposure that you need at the professional level? Uh, super, super, super important. Um, you know, I think that's the sole reason I was able to you know start my career, but. Um, just to be able to go to the TBT, that was a great showcase event. You know, a bunch of old NBA players playing there, um, college teams that come back together with high-level players. They ended up playing in there. So just being able to be invited to Showtime like with the Wofford guys, uh, I believe the leading three-point shooter at the time was on the team. You know, they won their conference titles and made runs in the NCAA. So it was cool just to be around a group of guys like that, you know, that um, are focused on winning, aren't selfish, they work hard. And, you know, I ended up playing pretty well in our game that we had there. And, you know, like I said, I was able to get some film and send out to some coaches. And that was really, really crucial to me starting my pro career. Well, I got to ask, have you have you thought about or talked about getting a, a team together at the TBT for for the Red Flash, maybe? Oh, of course, there's definitely been ch- uh, chits and chats about it. Um, you know, we had great players, great chemistry, you know, all these years throughout St. Francis. And, you know, we all love to play together. So. We definitely had some talks about it. We just got to figure out, you know, the process of, you know, how to do it, um, who would be interested in it, who would run it. So um, we're still working on it, but, you know, I would love to, you know, be able to do that, play with all my guys again. Absolutely. I mean, hey, the, the, the name is already figured out. I think that's what's so interesting about it. You know, you usually <laughs> have the Bayheim's Army or whatever it is. You guys have the red flash. That's It's all figured out for you. Now you just got to build the team. Exactly. That's all we need. Who wants to come back? Who wants to play? You know, let's just make another run at this thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, I'll definitely be pulling for that one, my friend. But Keith, it's been great to have you on the show today. Before I let you run, got one last question to leave you with, and it involves kind of an epiphany or or a realization as to when you kind of had that aha moment, if you will, as to when, you know, you really realized you could play basketball at the professional level. So for you, when did that moment, you know, kind of come for you and you really said, wow, I can definitely do this. Um, I would say my sophomore year um, of college, we played Louisville our, for our non-conference game. You know, they were a ranked team and like, like that's Louisville. Like we're playing an ACC team. So it's like, that's real. And I ended up, you know, playing really well, scored 25 points, 11 rebounds. So I'm like, wow, you know, if I could play, you know, like this against some of the top level guys, like I really think, you know, I can make a career out of this, you know, do something with this. So. Um, that one game was just the realization for me, you know, something just clicked like, okay, yeah, I can definitely do this. You know, I just keep working hard, um, keep putting the time in, you know, I can definitely make a career out of this. So that was definitely that moment for me. Well, you've definitely made it a career and you'll continue doing that moving forward. My friend, really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for stopping by. Good luck the rest of the season. Stay well, stay healthy, and would love to have you back on the show down the road. I appreciate it, man. It was a great time. And I just thank you for having me, you know, going red flash, go red flash. 
And there he goes, Keith Braxton. Another fantastic episode today, everyone. Thanks for joining me here on the bench. Be sure to keep following and subscribing to Ride in the Pine on Apple and Spotify, and keep following on Twitter at Ride the Pine Twenty RTP All Capital, Instagram at Riding Underscore the Underscore Pine Underscore, and on TikTok at Ride in the Pine All Lowercase for all the latest updates on episodes and content to come. All 280 episodes are out now. Keep leaving those ratings and reviews. And again, folks, keep your eyes and ears open for some more great guests coming out here on RTP, but also keep your eyes and ears open for some more great content coming out across all social media platforms as well. But once again, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in today. And until next time on Ride in the Pine, keep on sitting the bench with me.